0: Welcome to the SBS Podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, which gives you a new way to compete without traffic or punches getting in your way. Zwift is an online community of cyclists around the world coming together to train and race virtually. Climb mountains, climb the leaderboards, or go for KOMs or QOMs. Loads of riders in the Pro Peloton use Zwift to train their way to the top, and you can too. Visit Zwift.com to get in on the action.
1: Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast, and uh, we are here in Hawthorne for some local racing. Uh, before we start, uh, we let me let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website sbscomau central and of course you can log a uh, ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, and it's a bit noisy today, but it's Dave Mackenzie. Hey, Dave. Hey, hey, hey. We are not in the studio, obviously. You know what, though? I'm feeling alive
2: because it takes me back to July when we're on some, you know, back lane in some small village of France. We're not. We're at the teardrop in Kew Boulevard, Melbourne. And we're at Hawthorne
1: Club Racing, and there's a bunch
2: of riders out. It's exciting.
1: I think it was, it was important, and we said this around uh, the, the few dinners we had uh, together to the front. It was important for us to, to show the local scene, the local, the local cycling scene, because it's, it's so healthy in Australia. It is really healthy. And, look, it's had a bit of a second coming. I mean,
2: Melbourne and Victoria has always been really strong, a really so- strong cycling state. And Melbourne in particular, you know, it's a Wednesday night, uh, here at, at uh, the teardrop there's a bunch of riders they've got a new women's series starting they've got a lot of juniors that they've just had racing uh, you've got tuesday nights and thursday nights that Corfield carnegie one of the other big clubs run and then you've got sunday morning st kilda club racing as well which is you know they call it the world championships of uh, crit racing so that's all that happens every week from october through to march so the daylight saving period and It's growing, it's growing each year I think and um, it's been big for a long time but what I love to see at nights like this is there's a lot of people I don't know. I used to know everyone at these club crits, there's a lot of people I don't know and what that means is we're getting a lot of new people into the sport. It also
1: means you're getting old, but that's a different subject. Oh, <laughs> you, I'm still on you, fire. You've, you've, all, you, you've always just got to throw in, don't you? Just a little bit. And we are here in Melbourne just because like, I know people have been commentating that. Why are you not in Dubbo? Why are you not in Sydney? Well, we live in Melbourne. Uh, we're trying to make what we have. Uh, but also Hawthorne, it's, it's got an incredible history in terms of the cycling club. It certainly has. You're right. And look, the Hawthorne club really didn't exist
2: six, seven years ago until 30 years prior and who was one of their leading members back in the day? There was none other than Phil Anderson, the first man to wear the yellow jersey in the Tour de France as we know and one of the legends of Australian cycling. So they, they suddenly in the last five, six years the club got reinvigorated, it sort of restarted back up and uh, in fact they actually have their own velodrome as well, it's a flat track in Hawthorne. And then just in the last few years, they've started doing some club crits during the summer season. So it's, it's great, you know, new people involved and really driving the club and, and, you know, new passion. And I think that's what cycling needs all the time. You keep need to regenerating because it's a really taxing sport in terms of time and time commitment. You have to put a lot into it, not just as parents or as supporters or fans and people who work in it or volunteer. And predominantly that's what clubs are about people who are willing to really volunteer and put their time in you know sit on committees sit on boards go on marshal races like this so it's
1: it's great to see Uh, and you mentioned it because the the kids are there we saw the the kids riding and some of the parents have never been on a bike racing but the kids are getting into racing mainly because they see you guys on the on on the on the tour de france as well the coverage yeah absolutely and and
2: you're right that's what i was saying like my era and i can tell you i'll speak you know, specifically of myself, my father raced and I've got an older brother who raced. So I was destined in a way to to end up being a bike rider. Whereas a lot of those young kids here, neither of their parents ever raced or were, you know, really into cycling. But it's via, as we know, the Tour de France or the coverage uh, of cycling um, that we have in Australia nowadays, because, you know, back when I got into it, I think it was a half-hour, once-a-week package of the Tour de France on a network that we won't mention. Uh, now, now on SBS, obviously, it's live every day and, of course, many other races. So that's how kids have sort of found this passion for the sport.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we come back to, uh, to the, actually the local scene, but uh, there's a few uh, stuff we need to talk about. Uh, and first and foremost, uh, this week we had the, the sad news, very, very sad news of uh, the passing of Jonathan Cantwell. Uh, it's such a sad, sad, sad story. It is very sad. Um,
2: Yeah, and I suddenly have to hold my emotions back because I knew Jono, like many people, um, raced against him and knew him post his cycling career and, and in fact, interviewed him on the Champs-Élysées at the end of the Tour de France, when he rode the Tour de France, and it was unexpected. And I guess all I'll say is that, you know, we celebrate his life, he's 36 years that he was with us and um, it's tragic and there was a really nice send off for him down Beach Road, they had a ride for him, I think over 500 riders turned out for that and that that was really nice and a few of my sort of close mates were really close with him so it's tragic, um, and I'm not sure what else to say on it, but um, yeah, we remember him.
1: Now we have to remember that he had, he had a good career, he had a good success, he became a national champion as well, uh, and also all the good work he's done after uh, after after his, his sort of life in cycling. Yeah, you're right, and, and I guess um, pr- probably
2: for a lot of us it, it was hard because he stayed really involved in cycling, he had the bike shop on Beach Road as a lot of us know, and he was in and about, and he was such a bubbly and colourful character, and you know he was a he was a cheeky sort of guy, but in a really nice way, and um, we'll all miss that.
1: Absolutely, and uh, I think we should all address our condolences to his family, friends, uh, and all, all the people that are around. And uh, we we also have to say that if you are uh, affected by uh, by anything, it's, it's okay to ask if someone is okay. It's okay not to be okay. Uh, there's a, there's a number you can call. It's called Lifeline. It's one three one 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 four. Uh, let's talk about the Cycling Australia Award as well, coming up uh, next week. Uh, that's, uh, that, that's always an important moment in the year of cycling, uh, but there's a bit of a... I know you and I dis- disagree on who can win the Opie. Well, well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, that's right. And
2: I know we do. There's all of the awards, obviously, um, from BMX mountain bike, track and road, but then the big one and the one that, let's be honest, that's the one that matters. It's the Opie. It's the overall cyclist of any of those disciplines over the 12 month period, the best. And when it's the Oppie Award, you know, with a name that represents the trophy, uh, or the trophy that represents the name of Hubert Opperman, um, it is a big award who can win it you know I mean I guess from my perspective I and you're probably you the same we we gravitate towards the road because that's what we cover throughout the year so what jumps out at me is Amanda Spratt her performance over the 12 months from the Ardennes Classics um, to actually starting out in Australia at
1: the women's uh, Santos uh, Tour Down Under yeah the, the length of the season and the the regularity in in the performance I think that that's why she's my favorite
2: Yeah, yeah, and then obviously the silver medal at the World Road Champs. Huge, uh, Matthew Glatzer, The performances by him on the track, and he, and he had some great performances at the Japanese Kieran Series as well. So it wasn't just World Championships or, or wearing those national bands for Matthew Glatzer. It was a big season for him. Um, Rowan Dennis's individual time trial, uh, not just at the World Championships, but at the Vuelta Espana and the Giro d'Italia. I mean, he was dynamite in the time trials this year. Um, and then Michael Matthews, he won it last year, but you know, without the without what he did he didn't get to do it at the Tour de France this year and obviously last year he sort of won it off that I suppose he still had a pretty damn good year I mean he, I think he won both uh, of the races in Canada uh, but
1: is it, is it is it enough to beat someone like Ron Denis or Armand Spratt do you think so like when you look at what he's done the year before or last year to actually get uh, the OP I know he had a good year this year but Ron Denis is he, world champion Armand Spratt had a super season all the way through is it going to be hard for him to actually maintain that title yeah, no. Yes,
2: he won't. Yo, yes, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> that's <laughs> Australia. Goes, yes, no. <laughs> yeah, no, mate. <laughs> no, he He won't win it. I don't think he'll win it anyway. I don't think he should win it. Um, because of those reasons, I think Rowan Dennis and uh, Amanda Spratt, I think they stand out. Rowie, I think the World Championships winning the bands in the individual time trial, that's right up there. But for me, if you look at it over a 12-month period, I lean towards Spratty. I, I hope she wins it. I think she should win it because of her season. But you know, as a as a, um, a little wild card, the Hoff.
1: The Hoff. Steel von Hoff. Now, we know why, don't we? Uh, yeah, he, he crashed. He injured himself. He came back, won the uh, Commonwealth Games. Crushed again (laughs) went back on his bike raced again crushed again and then he's back on his bike he's got the have a go award
2: yeah and i I just want to be able to um i want to hear them if they if he did win it to present to just say ladies and gentlemen the (laughs) half like don't even say steal just the half get him up but do we award it to him for the amount of crashes he's had and and the bouncing backs but the big one is the fact that he jokes aside that he came back and won the Commonwealth Games gold medal after you know crashing six weeks or five weeks before, like that's almost impossible to do that, and he did it. Yeah, and and what a race as well that was. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Look, Com Games as we know, it doesn't stack up against World Championships though. So as much as that'd be a it'd be a pretty cool story. Um, sort of the grit and determination and that resonates from Hubert Opperman. So I like that, but I just don't think uh, it'll get him across the line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And another bit of news as well. We've got the return of uh, the iconic Arthur Sitz climb back in the Jayco. Uh, I'm not from this round of the wood, like this neck of the wood. How iconic is the Arthur Sitz? Yeah, look, it's not the toughest
2: climb in Victoria. Obviously, we've got the Victorian Alps, you know, Mount Hotham, Falls Creek, and they're longer, and they're they're serious sort of mountain passes, um, and Mount Borbore as well. But Arthur's Seat, it's only four kilometres in length, or thereabouts, but it's got switchbacks. It's got about six or seven switchbacks. It's a pretty cool climb. Visually, it looks awesome. It'll look fantastic, um, you know, live pictures, hopefully, if that's what happens. So it'll look really cool. Uh, It's been there in the past. They had to move it. Uh, for one or two years two years in fact uh, because there were works going on with the chairlift system there and now i think the local councils are obviously embracing bring the jago herald sun tour back so i think it's great and I, they're not doing just one i think they're doing i'm hearing five times so
1: it's going to be a proper stage yeah that's 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 going to be promising to be very interesting to uh, to watch uh i wanted to ask you nibali nibali just spent three hours in a french police station what do you make of that? Because I've got a little story about this. That's
2: a oh, Listen, look at you. You're going all tabloid. That sounds like a loaded question. Like, what? 3 hours in a police station. What do you make of it? We well, we do know, don't we? He he went with his lawyer and he wants to sue. We're not sure who, but he's made a claim to ASO at least about his crash on Alp Duez on
1: Dutch Corner uh, where he crashed. Let me remind you, where were you on that day when that happened? <laughs>
2: You and I are both, pal. Don't say where was I. You and I both. You were holding the selfie stick. I was holding the selfie stick on that corner where he crashed. So I'm sort of like, I'm casting my minds back and I'm reading the news piece about Nibbly spending three hours being questioned by the police because they're gathering information and they're saying they're gathering vision as well. I'm thinking, oh my God, I hope, that, I hope there's not me with a selfie stick going through his front wheel. I don't remember that happening, but no, it's interesting though, isn't it? I'm okay because
1: I've got two passports. But you, mate. <laughs> bugged, I'm buggered. <laughs> but no, you, you're right. He's, he's serious because he took him. He, t- he took him out of some serious racing. He was He was a good contender on that race.
2: Yeah, he was. And look, I don't know where I... am not sure where I stand with it all. Should he Should he let it go and just understand that that's part and parcel of bicycle racing? We've all said, or I've said at least, and I know a few others of us have said this, it'll be a sad day when they have to fully barricade Alpe d'Huez. You know, the, the beauty of our sport is the fact that the fans can get close, not too close. Now, that was the fault of a fan. I think that goes without saying. Uh, sometimes you've got to cop it. The fan didn't jump out in front of him. You know, there's been worse things in the past. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure where I sit with it all, to be honest. I mean, look, it's loss of earnings potentially for him. So maybe he's, he's making a claim. And I just think... We don't want it to go down that path, though, do we? Because suddenly you're going to open a big can of worms for the future, in the future, if, if this is going to happen. And it's not going to be the last time it happens.
1: Could this be an insurance claim? Sort of, you know, he has to go down this process because there is insurance for the team. Could this actually be related? He doesn't mean to sue anyone, but he needs to go that process down the line because there is that loss of earning? Oh, look, quite possibly. Quite possibly his manager, if his manager is switched on, his lawyer
2: they might be saying, you need to do this and there's going to be an insurance claim that the the team will recoup and you'll recoup some of that as well. So maybe, we don't know. And,
1: you know, I mean, um, yeah, maybe that, that is a possibility do you know who must be sweating? Is that member of the public that actually grabbed him from the floor and stuffed it back on his bike. Because actually the damage he must have done to his to his vertebrae. Uh, if I was that member of the public, I might be sweet, uh, sweating a little bit today.
2: Yeah, that, that's actually true. And um, I'm, look, I'm feeling a sweat on my brow right now about the vision that <laughs> might be released. Imagine that if they see the Frenchman Malay and
1: McKenzie with a selfie stick, very close to Nibali. Ah, oh, gee, that's, uh, let's hope not. Absolutely. Before we come back to uh, to, the, to the crits and uh, what's happening here around us uh there's i mean this is the season which is actually very interesting all those charity there's a lot happening around the around the country of the around the whole country
2: yeah there certainly is there's a lot of this is the season when you get you know you dust the cobwebs off the road bike if you haven't been doing much through the winter months and um you know around the country and like you say there's a lot of grand fondos a lot of charity rides uh, incidentally, the Amy Gillett Foundation, they just completed their week-long ride, which is their big fundraiser for the year. Um, I'm involved with a charity called Chain Reaction, which is a corporate charity group. Uh, they do a week-long ride in March as well, so we're just starting off our training, so that's going to be exciting. And then you've got all these fondos. We've got, I think we mentioned it last week, Alberto Contador as, in fact, coming out for the Giro d'Italia, which I think is in one or two weeks' time. La Tap Australia which obviously SBS endorse and support that's up in the Snowy Mountains Bass Coast Shire Ride was on last week, Caddles People's Ride they get what 4,000 the TDU Challenge Ride and the Australia Day Audax just to mention a few and that latter one that is one of the hardest ones you'll do anywhere in the world so take your pick people and there's a number of distances and rides you can do so there's a lot on it's a really good time of the year to be out on your bike in fact
1: yeah or just to come around and and watch some some cycling race or some racing if it's happening near near you
2: it it is and like i said you know in and around melbourne if you are listening to the pods and you haven't been to any of these crits check them out it's just a great uh, late evening out or early morning Uh, as i said the st kilda one is at uh, port melbourne on a sunday morning and then the other ones pretty much uh, sort of kick off at about five o'clock during the weeknights Uh, so it's great. There's a good atmosphere, and you know, sometimes I even have the uh, sausage sizzle
1: going, which is always good. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about uh, health. Let's talk about uh, fitness. I mean, and, and to come back to this, uh, to this crit night, this time of the season, uh, it's you're heading towards your your, your competitive start and the, the, the season that started. Where, where should you be at in terms of training health wise? Are you are you on, still on the way up or should you already be at your peak health wise?
2: Good question. Depending on if we're talking about the elite athletes, obviously getting ready for the summer racing here. Look, if you're, a, if you're a young up-and-coming rider, an 18, 19-year-old looking to impress, and I'm, I, I guess i say Australian riders that are you know, trying to fight their way onto that national team for the Tour Down Under or the J.K. Herald Sun Tour where they have a, a few wildcard spots, you, be, you don't want to be flying now or pinging, as we say, but you want to be on your way up. You've certainly started your training already. Um, well, actually, you're probably just starting your training. Um, because your first race is going to be the 1st of January the Bay Crits is another race we didn't mention they start on the 1st of January Um, it depends on the individual I always used to limit the amount of races I would do before I actually raced properly at the start of the year in terms of so I wouldn't race too many club crits before I got my January underway and I could bring my form up fairly quickly but you want to be sort of Throwing out some fairly long, slow miles, strength, endurance rides, stuff like that. Gee, I'm talking really boring, like a coach, aren't I? It's all this stuff I got so sick of, but it's important. So it's an important phase of your training. You're throwing in a lot of time, a lot of gym work, and you might still be doing a little bit of cross training as well. So there's a lot going on within your body, but you're not, you haven't got much to show for it as yet, if you know what I mean. So that you're doing all these sort of base, you know, um, cross training sort of things but your form's not showing yet
1: because you don't want it to. But in the next four weeks, you want it to show. And Maka, we've got uh, two of the people are very important for uh, for that creek tonight happening with us. We certainly have. Now, Lou, firstly, you are the race director... Uh,
2: you've got to give up plenty of evenings don't you during the week but you must love it
3: yeah i do yeah i do love it hawthorne has a great atmosphere um we're really well supported um, by you know a great team of volunteers um and yeah it's a really popular i think wednesday night just heats up during the summer it's a really great um, way to spend your spend your night down here
1: Not so much tonight. We are wearing our (laughs) jacket. How many people are actually working to making this event happen on every Wednesday night?
3: Uh, We have behind the scenes. We have our desk admin. Um, So we've got... He's a sort of... Well pretty much here every night of every wednesday night um but it's about you know up to sort of six to ten hours a week of preparation and commitment to get it all sorted um we've got two race directors myself and laurie share the job then we have a safety marshal every week um on the corner so we have a very good safety um we've implemented some safety strategies and then we have about Gee, half a dozen roving marshals with the groups, um, and then we've also got on our desk at least another two or three volunteers to do the desk entries, manage the till, um, yeah, official first aid team.
1: <laughs> That's a lot of people. Yeah, uh, David, you're the president of, of the club. How important are those events for for the for the life of the club, or the life of the, the the whole cycling scene? Oh, it's a very critical part of the, the club. And I'm really uh, proud of the
4: volunteers that we have. The Lou's talked about all the roles, but that comes from a group of about 60 or 70 people that we go out and schedule and roster on a week-by-week basis. The, The crits represent a significant proportion of the revenue that comes into the club and enables us to put on the junior programs, the women's programs support our recreational riders, and really just bring cycling to the community around Melbourne. So it's, it's vital for us.
2: I'm sure you're aware, I was talking to Lou earlier, off mic, and about the fact that Hawthorne Cycling Club is an iconic club. For me, cycling has been in my blood probably before I was even born. So I know the history around a lot of these clubs. I'm sure you're aware of it, and you must be pretty proud to be president of a club that, you know, the mainstay back in the day was one
4: Phil Anderson. Absolutely. I, you know, I grew up with cycling as a teenager in Canberra, and one of the heroes that I had at that time was Phil Anderson. And he's very much the same age, and it's great to run into him at events and have him along to social events and opening of the club velo rooms that we had refurbished earlier this year. That was really a proud moment for everybody that was involved. Great support from the local council, but particularly the club members who banded together to bring that to fruition. A real great achievement for us.
2: And the velodrome, I do. I do a little bit of uh, riding around that velodrome myself. I'm itching to dust off my track bike. When are we going to have? When are you going to have club
4: track racing? Because I will be there. Ah, that's something definitely on our program, <laughs> and there's uh, a range of activities and events that we've got on our program. I think one of the things that, if it hasn't already been touched on, around our women's program for next year, is that we've got an inaugural. Women's only handicap race being run out at uh, Hanging Rock. Uh, it's on the middle of February, and so we're running some training courses and you know, get used to racing there for the women. It's again been a great initiative by the the women members of our club to go out and get grant money from Victoria uh, Victorian Government as part of you know being participants in the in the social community of victoria
3: those skill sessions will be done on the velo as a supported closed environment for especially women who haven't um raced before or you know race here but are still needing confidence with their skills so
1: in terms of volume on a night like this how many people how many riders do you expect overall
3: uh, well, we kept the numbers at 40 per grade. Um, so tonight it's pretty full. We've got... Um, so we'll have, yeah, at max, probably over 100. Um, and then women, I think we had... Last look, I think we had at least... Gee, I might be making it up. But I think we had about four... We'll
4: have, with the women's, with the women's series tonight, if we have full grades in the open, that gives us 160. And then we've got three grades of women, which probably gives us another... You know, 40, so we'll 200. Then we've got the juniors, which will give us probably about another 20 to 30. So we're up around 230. No, I can see where this is going. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I can see where this is going. There's a little bit of competitiveness coming in here. Are you, are you eyeing off the, the top dogs, or I guess I'll say that, Corfield Carnegie, and St Kilda
4: Club? Because you guys, you're cranking out. You must be pretty proud of what you're doing. We're certainly very proud healthy of our club. Competition. Healthy, healthy competition. And we certainly like to cater for all riders of any particular persuasion and
1: fitness level and interest aspects, yeah. Cycling is a competitive sport anyway. Thank you for having us tonight. It's been lovely. Yeah, thank you. So, Maka, that, that was such a great event. Uh, and, and thanks for thinking about it, because that was your idea. I think the next stage for you on the saddle, and you're going to race that crit at some point.
2: Maybe we could do a, I could do a live pod from the bike (laughs) wouldn't that be something no look pleasure and you know what it's been actually i've really enjoyed it and it reinvigorates you i think and it is nice to just come back amongst the local scene because you're the same we we focus on the tour de france and and the other big races that we cover for sbs and so forth but the local scene is really cool and what i love about it is you see the juniors you see so many more women now racing which is so good um, masters and then you get the old elites, and a few of my old buddies here Alia, Quarney Matt Gould two guys who raced on the national team back in the day they're floating around and they've got a couple of them have got their young sons and daughters racing as well so it's, it's a really nice feel you, you summed it up the local is school
1: yeah thank you uh thank you for for listening to this podcast uh remember you can uh, download stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website sbs.com.au slash cycling central or schedule a ride with our lovely friends at zwift until the next podcast from us it's bye for now
0: quick shout-out from our sponsor before we go. If you're looking for a new way to ride, without traffic or punches getting in your way, hop on Zwift. We use it, your cycling buddies probably use it, and the pros, they definitely use it. Zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience. Connect your PC, Mac or Apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world. And there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too. Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days, riding around Watopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.